a Pulp MX Network production. The only athlete-to-athlete podcast in the sport. Questions from a different perspective. The hard questions you want answered about training, riding, and being a professional athlete. Not only in motocross, but in other sports realms as well. Welcome to Shifting Gears, the Zach Osborne Podcast. I'm Zach Osborne, host of the Husqvarna Shifting Gears Podcast, as well as rider for Rockstar Energy Husqvarna Factory Racing. I love my race bike, but it's not the only model I love from Husqvarna Motorcycles. They offer a whole range of off-road and street motorcycles. When you don't want to have to load up just to go for a ride, a dual-sport motorcycle is the perfect way to get your fix. Explore the trail beyond with the FE250, which delivers a more intuitive riding experience. And right now, Husqvarna Motorcycles is offering as low as 0% financing on select dual sport models. Head to your local authorized Husqvarna Motorcycles dealer and learn more. Yeah, what's up, guys? Uh, Zach Osborne here with the Husqvarna Shifting Gears podcast. Uh, this week, I had the pl- absolute pleasure of sitting down with Doug Henry and talking about his career and his injuries and his outlook on life. And um, I tell you what, I was inspired. I- I've never really had that much time with Doug uh, in the past. He's hit me up on social media a couple times, and you know we keep in touch. But um, as someone who was really you know, getting started in the sport at the time that he was in his prime, it was an honor to sit down with Doug and, and his outlook inspired me massively. Um, a guy that, you know, has been through quite a bit in his career. Um, it just, he beams with happiness and, uh, and positivity and it's such a refreshing thing to see. Uh, I think you'll hear in his interview just how keen he is on, on riding dirt bikes and yeah, pretty much anything with two wheels it's uh it's very impressive um thanks to doug for his time and thanks to uh husqvarna and skosh and fly racing for uh continuing to support this podcast and i hope you guys are enjoying it thank you for listening all right guys shifting gears episode 10 i know i said the last episode was 10 but somehow i managed to uh mess up my count so this is actually 10 um i'm here with doug henry we're at the legendary southwick um where he is a local legend and um Doug, great to have you, dude. Thank you so much for doing this. No problem. You know, um, you know, I know we keep in touch a little bit on social media, and uh, you know, as soon as you asked me if I'd want to do something, I was like, absolutely, because you know, I've I've kind of been a little bit of a fan of yours, just of your attitude with racing and and kind of your your um, your story coming through racing, and uh, you know, I followed your career a little bit when when you were in Europe. It was a little tough. I I wasn't I didn't follow it too much, but. Um, you know, it was good to see when you came back here that you were still strong, still had a great attitude, and and uh, you know, a- any chance I get to hang out with um, some fast guys, I, I really enjoy it. That's awesome. Um, I saw this video of you shredding here yesterday on your adapted motorcycle, and I was like, I watched it probably five times in a <laughs> row because I was like, holy cow, how is this dude shredding this thing so fast? I was impressed. Yeah, I, I, I uh, it was great. I, I actually raced here last weekend. There was a vet national race, northeast east uh, vet national, and came out here. And the track was rough. It, it was, you know, back in the day, it probably wasn't as rough as I had raced it prior. But yeah, um, I don't ride on rough tracks so much anymore. <laughs> and when I came out here, it was, it was I was 
pretty sore um, come to you know the following few days. <laughs> it has to be tough to ride, especially sand, because you know you need a little bit of uh, standing balance to to ride sand. But um, you didn't seem to be struggling when I saw you yesterday. But how do you deal with that? Like sitting down the whole time that's pretty gnarly it's uh it's tough you know so, so there's spots where sitting down isn't so bad and then there's spots where sitting down is horrible yeah and i it's pretty much i go fast where i can right. and you know if, if there's some big holes lined up in a row i usually slow down for something like just that try if it's something i could wheelie through or double through it's not so bad, but I tell you, it seems like three bumps in a row are just like, that's something that I Disaster. struggle with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I can't yeah. imagine just sitting through uh, all the bumps like in a whole day. You know, that's that's pretty impressive. But yeah, um, yeah man, I I, um, I have to bring up one thing right off the bat. You cost me at least five good nights of sleep as a young kid because I saw your part in, I believe, Terra Firma, yes. where you slept in your gear and, and did yeah. all that. And I was hook, line, and sinker. Like I remember, I remember at least three times where I'm like, "Mom, I can do this. Like it, this is what I have to do to be a pro. Like I'm gonna sleep in my gear so I can be on the track earlier in the morning." And she let me try it a couple oh times before so before she put the ixnay on it. But um, that was one of the coolest. Uh, sort of scripted parts, if you will, of a, a video that I've ever seen with with you drinking and eating, on, you know, riding the Supercross track. Unreal. Yeah, yeah, that was that was so fun. You know, back back in the day, working with Fox, um, coming up with kind of videos were sort of new, uh, not not necessarily new, but they were just um, I don't know maybe lacking certain things and it seemed like Fox, the guys from Fox just sort of picked up on that I know that they were really into surfing and uh, I think some of the surfing videos had some different perspectives on how they make a video and I think they brought that over to the motocross and uh, I had a blast, you know, it was really really fun doing that whole project and and uh, you know, it, it's great because it, it was something that we just sort of threw together. They actually came to my house, and it was the day before my wedding was when we were when we were filming, and uh, it kind of like they, they they became family in a way. You know, like because they they came to the wedding and and they hung out, and we've done many many uh, many many little things afterwards. Right, and, and it's just cool that I could just. Uh, get it, go to see them, and and you know we, we laugh about things, and when something comes up on social media or whatever about any of the terra firmers, they're like, all awesome. We, yeah, we, we we crack up and we laugh about it. You know, and Fly cool. Fly was one of my favorite ones yep. ever. Uh, yeah. Fox Fly, that was an awesome movie. Yeah, um, always you guys riding at Castillo and those places like. You know, as a kid, that was like, man, I, I would kill the ride of those places. But yeah. that's it's so cool. I just had to like throw that out there. For yeah, you. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I uh, obviously you were in your prime right when I first started racing, um, like ninety seven, ninety eight, those those years. But um, what about your early career? Like as a kid, did you race mostly here in in New England, or you raced Loretta's and all that stuff too, or how did that work? I mostly raced here. I, I kind of had a, a little. I started late. I think I was fourteen. I think I was fourteen when I started. Uh, was my first race here at Southwick, and that's pretty late. Yeah, a little late. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, next year, that was on an eighty. I did a couple races here, and then in nineteen eighty five, I was on a one twenty five, and I started racing and broke my arm the very first race, but 
came back in the end of the year and, and uh, made it to amateur. So you run the novice class or beginner C right. and uh, moved up to amateur. And I think I was in that for a year. I, I it, It's fun because you go from beginner and then you start winning. Then you go to amateur and you're starting way back, 15th, 16th, something like that. And the races are longer. So you, you, you start, you're getting better. Right. And, you know, I started winning that class and went to the expert class. And, uh, you know, back of the pack the first half of the season maybe. And then I won the, the series uh, later in that year. Or maybe it was it took a little longer than the expert class. I don't, I don't really recall exactly. But back then... As a, once you had an expert license, you were able to try to qualify for a pro event. Oh, okay. So I would do the the East Coast Pro Nationals. Um, I would do Southwick and uh, Binghamton, Unadilla. I'd go out to Kenworthy's in Troy, uh, the Pennsylvania races, Mount okay. Morris and Steel City. So and like half the nationals. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe half. And I and I started going. I don't just started chasing the nationals and went from you know beginner to amateur to expert to pro and and basically just I was starting in my van uh, I'd I lived down at Croom like in the campground I'd right. stay in the campground back there and just me and me and my dogs and just uh, you know go and ride and and train and work on the bike and, right but it was nice because it was it was just me you know in a way just kind of me and my friends you know John Dowd. Pat Barton, you know Mike Treadwell, Keith Johnson. There were a lot of guys from New England who would go down to the uh, Florida series or just go down to Florida and ride all winter. So I had people to go and hang out and ride with, and and uh, I guess I just always wanted. I just always felt like um, I could be at the top. You know, I just felt like there's no reason why I couldn't keep going and get to the top of this class, just like I did every other class. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I mean, that's kind of a. Uh kind of the person i see you as as a racer you know just that that guy who uh you know never quit kind of just super tenacious and and no quit inside you yeah there was you know i i think it came a little bit from my dad he he was really didn't have much for an excuse like you know he pretty much would fix anything do anything that he wanted to do and you know there was never a reason why he couldn't do anything right uh, except clean the bathroom for some reason. That was always a joke. You know, he's like, I don't know how to clean a bathroom. You know, it's, you tell my Whatever mom. else, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I don't know. I mean, I, you know, it's just like you can, you can make excuses or you can just try and figure them out. And I've always been a person that wanted to succeed and, and figure things out. And, uh, you know, I've had a lot of setbacks and I learned from a lot of the setbacks and, um, I've come back from many situations that probably would have taken some people out of out of the motocross racing career, but for me, I always felt like there was there was more out there, and and I'm, even though I'm like I'm riding now, and I still feel like there's more out there. You know, I I, I just have so much fun on the bike, so much joy riding the bike, and and uh, it's no different now than it was when I was. 14. Right. Dude, that's so commendable. Um, I didn't realize until just now, before we sat down, um, I was talking to the boys on the team because they were all stoked that we were doing a podcast. And um, I didn't realize that you actually broke both wrists on Henry Hill as well, like the year after, right? 
Uh, it was it was at Bud's Creek. It wasn't on Henry's okay. Hill, but in uh, 1997. Yeah. So well, 95, I broke my back right. there. Okay. 96. I'm trying to think. I don't know if I was injured or if everything went well and I raced. And then 97 was the OW, is that work spike? Okay. And we had a little issue uh, with the, the bike during the practice. Uh, for uh, the four stroke, right? Yeah, the okay. four stroke. And uh, the bike locked up, you know, kind of on the face or mid air of the jump. And just, you know, you lock up the rear wheel and just yeah, no dive. So I just, I didn't crash. I just landed so hard on the front end. Oh. Both, you know, both wrists broke right there. I knew, that, I knew that they were broke. And I just went over to the to the fans on the on the fence there and, um, you know, asked them to take my helmet off. Because for some reason, I don't know, I, I like, it's it's weird. When I get, when I break a bone or something, I get like lightheaded and like tunnel vision. It's like oh. I know immediately that something's Almost like, like passing out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was like, get this helmet off. Fly Racing believes that our highest obligation is to provide the best products to riders worldwide. With the Formula Helmet, Fly Racing set out with one simple goal. Deliver the most technologically advanced, highest performing motocross and off-road helmet the world has ever seen. Five years of development later, that dream has been realized. Check out formula.flyracing.com to learn more. That's crazy. I actually was going to ask you later in the podcast about those early four-stroke days, but since we're there now, let's just talk about it. Were there any? Were there a lot of sketchy moments in those days, like when you first started with the bike, or more, you know, just the one incident? Um, you know, there was, uh, you know. It, did you ever ride a two-stroke 500? No, no. I would love to, but I have never had the opportunity. It, it's kind of like um, when you'd get on a two-stroke 500, they, they can get away from you. Yeah. And I think that's how it was on the four-stroke. There were times when it would get away from me, and, um, you know, sometimes uh, I was able to reel it in, and sometimes, I, you know, I wasn't. What about, like, part malfunctions and engines and that kind of stuff? A little bit, yeah. yeah. We had some brakes here and there, but most, most for the most part, it was pretty, pretty reliable right off the bat how did it come that you were the guy for the for the job for that deal uh, my contract was up with Yamaha and uh, I really wanted I wanted to sign for the following year and uh, I was coming off the 96 I was coming off kind of a, a comeback year but I had a moto win at Washougal and that just sort of you know that that was a struggle year 96 because I had been at the top in 95. And I felt like I was really close to you know, I was I was leading the championship when I broke my back the first time, and uh, I just felt like I was there. You know, me- you know what it is. mentally. Right, yeah. You know when you're, you're when on. you're on mentally. You know, and I just felt strong mentally. I felt strong physically, and uh, yeah, I, I knew at that time I knew that if my body could come back physically, my mental state was there. Like right. I I know how to win now. You know, I kind of felt like I had a, a good plan, a good understanding of what I needed to do uh, for you know physical training mental training and all that to, to go back and win and I, you know I, I guess I felt like my body was gonna come back a little sooner than it did but it, it, it took over a year you know a year and a half you know to, to to get back on top and once I got back on top it was like man this is it's you know it's just all that work is so worth it and and 
I just knew like that winning. I wanted to continue. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I wanted to do this again. So uh, I went and s- sat down, and Keith McCarty, I went and sat down in his living room, and we talked about contract stuff, and he said, hey, we'd like you to run a four-stroke. And you were like, uh, no like, thanks. I struggled all, I just struggled all year. I don't want to do that again. You yeah. know, like, I, I, I'm thinking out of my head. You right. know, it's like, it was just such a struggle year. Do I, do I want to struggle again and not win? Because not winning, is, you not know, fun. it's it's frustrating. So... Uh, you know, he talked to me. He talked to me about. It. He said, "Look, it's going to be a full works bike. It's a Japan bike. It's really, really cool. And just you know, think about it, and you know, let us know what you'd like to do." And I thought about it and talked to some friends and family at home, and uh, just kind of decided that let's go for it. Let's try it out. And um, I told them that I'd like to do it. So we were off on a flight to Japan to go try the the, the bike out. And as soon as I got on it, it was just a fun bike. And, uh, you know, for, for me, when I was riding two strokes, two strokes was always racing for me. It was like, right. get on the bike, do laps, hammer hard, jump on a four stroke, go play, go have fun, go ride wheelies, go ride in Trails, the woods. Whatever. Yeah, just play around. So when I got a motocross bike that was a four stroke, it's like, wow, this thing is a really fun bike to, like, ride around and i was i was kind of like just having fun with it again like just just something kind of rekindled the fire exactly just you're you're relearning again even though it's it's a two-wheel motocross bike it handles so much different and the power is so much different that it was it was another learning curve for me and uh i I really enjoyed i i enjoyed learning you know like trying new things doing different things testing new things and it was right up my alley and you know, I didn't think we'd have the success we did, but it was uh, it was pretty good. You know, we had, we had some really good success with that first with that first. Flight. Was it super tailored to you, or it was kind of this is what we got? It's you know you're gonna have to ride it, or you were able to go there, make some changes, and kind of progress it the way you wanted it to be. It was mostly done. Uh, when I, before I got to it, okay. we made some changes, but nothing really drastic. The frame, we we had a couple of different frames to try. Uh, the motors, they they were pretty much the same. They had different, a few different things to try, but it was really good from the get go. I know that Doug Dubach had worked on him before I had a, a chance to get to him, and he's a really good test rider. And so by the time I got it, it was. It was pretty good. Were you a picky rider, would you say, or not really? No, not really. I wasn't picky. I, I kind of knew what I wanted, and I and I always, uh, you know, I, I kind of knew what I wanted, and, and and I didn't always know how to get it, right. you know, how to get there, but um, I kind of, o- over years, just, just learned trying different things, trying different settings, trying different parts, and uh, thinking outside the box and doing different things, uh, I felt like I feel like now I'm just I'm able to sort of get to set up a bike fairly good for me. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I mean, like, I, I'm kind of the same. Like I, I'm not super picky, but I know what I want. You know, like yeah. I, I may go to the weekend and Dave has set my bars and levers and they're not perfect, but I'm like you know it's good enough and and I'll get used to it. Or but when it comes to like the actual settings of the bike, I I know what I want. I know what I'm feeling and I. Uh, I'm pretty good at explaining, but not exactly. You know, I, I get what you're saying. There. Yeah, yeah. And having I actually did um, quite a bit of testing as a kid for the KTM 85 before oh, it, cool. before it launched. So I know how easy it is um, to get lost in those situations, especially when you're young, where where there's so many pieces and bits that you can, you know, try and and whatnot. That's why I was kind of asking about. Uh, how much changing you did to the bike when you got to it or, or it was mostly done yeah yeah it was mostly it was, it was pretty good from the get-go right from the get-go was that your favorite bike ever 
You know, I, I tell you, my, my dad worked at Sikorsky Aircraft, and um, he was a machinist. And uh, he would make parts and, and do kind of some cool stuff. And I, I had an interest in that. Well, I, I went to a tech school, uh, not just a regular high school. And I went for a machine, and I enjoyed that. But my, my father sort of kind of directed me towards the auto mechanic stuff. But I really enjoyed machine machining and machine work. And when I saw the bike, the the... I don't know the, the the craftsmanship that went into that bike was really really cool. Yeah. Uh, so many handmade parts and the the way that the handmade parts were made was pretty cool. So it was the coolest bike that I had ever owned or you know <laughs> now I can say it's the coolest bike I ever rode yeah. and owned because I do own it still. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was so happy when Japan gave me the bike. I was just like, this is the coolest gift ever. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, you you basically in a sense paved the way to where we are at this point in in my opinion i mean that's got to feel pretty cool it does until you meet two-stroke guys <laughs> like you're the one that ruined the two-strokes <laughs> uh, you know it was gonna happen oh, you know it was, it gonna, was happen. gonna happen you know might as well be you right yeah yeah i mean it i i don't care i i i enjoy you know i i love two wheels you know electric four-stroke two-stroke Diesel, I don't care. Yeah, you know, it's like I enjoy riding, so whatever it's going to be. I'm a, I was, uh, I was all about the two-stroke argument until a couple years ago. I did the two-stroke uh, national at Glen Helen, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I think I'm a four-stroke guy. Like <laughs> I, I enjoyed the day, but man, it was such hard work to ride a, uh, a two-stroke after not not doing it for so long. Like I, I don't know, I. Um, it's not quite as fun as I had remembered, I don't guess. Yeah, I, I, I saw something, some post Travis Pastrana made and something about riding two strokes or whatever. And I was like, oh, it's time to get that clutch finger ready. Because you know? <laughs> I know that, you know, the, for me, that was always, you know, riding that clutch everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Getting used to that again. Um, your time on Factory Honda was a time, like, an iconic time, in my opinion, with, with uh, just the gear and... Um, all, all the bits. It was it was the team to be on at the time. That had to be insanely cool. It was great. It was great. It was, you know, just a guy from Connecticut, you know, a kid from Connecticut um, who liked riding dirt bikes. Um, all of a sudden, I'm at Honda Land with 10 mechanics. Yeah. You know, it was working you, on my bike. You, Lamson, <laughs> and McGrath, right? And Stan. Oh, and Stan. Yeah, Dang. so the four of us. So. And that was 93. 93. Yep. And then your last year on Honda was 95, right? Yes, correct. Okay. Yep. But, man, that's like yeah, those dream team years. status. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. I mean, we had a good time. You know, Stan had been around for a while, and he was super strong, really nice guy. And and I, I, I think, you know, he kind of helped groom i'd say our our you know the riders the younger guys coming up a little bit right and um steve and jeremy were great teammates you know it was fun uh you know being at the races with them uh kind of both a little bit unique with their styles of riding and training and stuff and and uh you know jeremy just he just you know he just had a really he had a good good 
good kind of program from the get-go that worked for him, and he kind of just stuck to it. And uh, he, he did super well. I learned a lot from him. And, yeah, it was it was really good. I had a lot of fun. We, that was when we were in the box fans in the first. Yeah. And right the transition from box fans to semis. And, uh, you know, I had a great mechanic, Pete Steinbrecher. And, you know, he pretty much stayed with me through my whole factory Honda career, through Yamaha and everything. So, uh, yeah, it was it was great great era for sure. Um, you're a Hall of Famer, dude. Like that's that's pretty sick. I mean, uh, I I hope to be that someday. But I, I I mean to be in the 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 Hall of Fame of any sport that you're in or a professional in is an incredible accomplishment. I mean. That's sick. Yeah, it's it's neat. I mean, I, I don't, you know, for for me, I mean, really, I, I, I'm okay, I'm okay with just riding my dirt bike. Yeah. You know, all the other stuff. You know, it's it's awesome. It, it's but really cool. I, and I'll it. look back at it maybe someday. I and, and the thing for me is like I feel like. I, I say that. I say someday I'll look back and look at the things that I've done and say, oh, yeah, it was really cool. But, yeah, I, I still have so much fun now that, and I still continue to just enjoy the day that, you know, I say that I'm going to look back at some point. But I don't know when it's going to happen. Yeah. I went out to Michigan Memorial Day weekend and raced a, a race out there, an adaptive race out there. And the 60-plus class was huge. And I was like, man, that's to me, that's so inspiring because I really, really enjoy this stuff. And I've been, you know, like, for me, um, growing up on a dirt bike, everybody's telling me, when are you going to get a job? When are you going to get a good job? You know, when are you yeah. going to do, you know, when are you going to get a career or something, you know? And, and but riding was it, you know, like, that's that's what I wanted to do. And and even now, it's like, you know, what, what are you going to see still riding? You, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I yeah, still ride. And I, do. I don't know how long I'm going to do it, but I tell you, I really, really I feel like. I got a, a little um, a little pick me up from uh, Ken Detire. They they approached me about being a brand ambassador, and I was like, "Wow, you know, it, it's something that sounds cool, you know." But I, I've been with Dunlop for so many years. It's like if if I were to you know switch, I'd really want to you know have a commitment from you guys to, right. to to do this for a long long term. And and they were excited about that. So I was like, "Well, here we go." You know, it's another. You know, so I'll be doing this for uh, another five years or so at least, you know. And <laughs> That's perfect for you, right? <laughs> it's perfect for me because, you know, it, Ken has just been really big with, um, you know, they're, they're big with tires for, you know, they, they do all different types of stuff that I do. I, I also race downhill mountain biking, and they're huge into that and make wheelchair tires and road bike tires and, um, you know, like I said. But just that, that little push there gave me um, – Shot in the arm. Yeah, just a little, yeah, going. a little keep me going. Just something to keep the drive going and and uh, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to the next few years of riding. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks, um, thanks. That brings me actually to our first uh, listener question. It's from uh, Landon Hicks, and he says Doug once mentioned mentioned a comparison of downhill mountain biking to moto. Would he be able to expand on that? I'm a guy that's interested in downhill, but the bikes are approximately the same as moto. Um, will he help me decide as I value anything Doug has to say on any subject? Doug is the man. <laughs> well, um, I, 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 it's very similar, um, especially nowadays. Like the the parks that are out there, it's amazing. Uh, the flow trails that they have, the jump trails, the you know the nasty gnarliness kind of trails. But um, mountain biking is similar to motocross in a sense that. Uh, you know, I, I, I set my mountain bike up actually really similar to my motocross bike. My mountain bike has a little 
a little electronic paradox kinetics, little little motor. It's a 1500 watt motor. I actually have a twist throttle on my bars. Okay. I have my brakes set up just like my my motocross bike. It's got 11 speed uh, gear shifter, and um, it, the the motor is it's plenty power enough to carry me around and take me up and down the mountain. But for downhill stuff, it's easier to just jump on the lift and right. you know transfer off, jump on the lift and go down. But um, you know, my, my heart is in motocross. Um, mountain biking is fun. I, I love it, and I'm going to continue to do it always. But m- motocross is what I love to do. Um, I would say mountain biking might be a little bit safer. <laughs> but, uh, geez, I you know... <laughs> I don't know. I, I ha- have to say that, the, the you know, if you're a moto guy, stick with moto. If you're a mountain bike guy, go to mountain bike. Nice. You know? Um, the the thing that sticks out to me the most about you, just from the conversation that we've had, you know, I've obviously followed your career for a long time, and um, but your your never give up attitude and and your ability to just keep pushing is has to be one of your biggest assets, and you know, I don't I don't really feel like that that's something that you can teach. I feel like that that's something that's that's inside you. How, what do you think? Um, I, I'm not sure about that, but what, what I'm going to tell you, Zach, is I tell you, if I just sit around, I get pretty darn sore. You know, I, I tell you, if I just, if I don't do anything, I, I feel like my body just starts to fall apart. Yeah. You know, I, I, I get, I get hurt doing the stupidest things, you know, just get sore sleeping in bed or, yeah. uh, wheeling around if I wheel too much one day or yeah. if I'm doing something different, I get sore. And, and, uh, so for me, I feel like I want to just keep going as long as I can, because I feel like if I don't, it's, I'm just going to rot away. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, you know, I just feel like I, 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 I enjoy the whole, I've been racing motocross for so long. And it's not like it's the only thing I know. It's, it's the one thing that I truly love that will get me out of bed and get me motivated to do things and stay healthy and be active and be strong. And it's, it's, uh, you know, I, I guess it's just, it's, it's you what, it, yeah, it's just, it's just, yeah, what I guess, do? yeah, what I do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool, man. I mean, um, especially with, with all that you've been through and, um, you know, your injury now and just the, the will to keep hammering is, it's freaking cool to see. I mean, it, it inspires me, you know, right now. Well, you know what? That's awesome because when I watch you ride sometimes, I'm like, damn. You know, like, <laughs> you know, I tell you, those, I, I, was it last year, the two championships or the year uh, before? Year before, yeah. year before, I tell you, man, it was just, it was so fun watching you. I mean, you know, like, I don't think you're a dirty rider. I think you're an aggressive rider, you know, and I always felt like that's how I was. I, I'm not going to, you know, clean somebody out just to take them out, you know, but if you're going to live me a little bit of room, you know, it's I'm like, take yeah, it. I'm taking that, that's you right. know, it's, it's what you got to do. And, you know, to see, I love seeing a hard charge ride. I grew up with Mike, Mike LaRocca was, yeah. a, was a guy that I watched. I, I was down in Croom, like I was telling you when yeah. I stayed down there and, uh, he pulled in number 19 on the Yamaha, just went out and did two 40 minute motos, 50 minute motos, whatever they were hot, you know, just hammered, hammered and just left, you know, and it's like. You know, like that was his program, and he was just just to go and watch him race, 
horrible starter, and he, I don't know, just for whatever reason, just couldn't get the start. But, man, it, just to watch him come through the back and watch him how, how aggressive he was and how strong of a rider he was, it's like that, you know, to, to me that gave me a little bit of uh, – you know, be strong. You know, guys are going to get tired. If you could be strong those last few laps, um, you know, you're going to make some time up, you know. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, that, that's kind of my approach, too, is, you know, if I'm suffering, I know how hard I work. And if I'm suffering, they're suffering more. And, oh, and yeah. I, I know, you know, I I lick my chops at the end of the moto <laughs> most of the time. I mean, there's days where I'm, you know, not, not, not that awesome at the end, but uh, I feel like, you know, the more the more work I put into it and, the the harder I try during the week, the more I can rely on those last couple laps at the at the end of the motos on the weekend. I mean, yeah, that's for just sure, how it is. I think. I yeah. Larocco like. um, was my team manager for a couple of years at, at Geico, and he he actually taught me a lot about that too. You know, is he always told me that when he was ready to go racing, he would go to the Honda track in Corona, which is terrible dirt, or was you know at the time. And if he could do two 20-lap motos all within one second of each other, you know, that was when he was ready to go. But just that mindset of being a, a hard, hardened enough person to wait until 4 in the afternoon when the track is the worst possible condition <laughs> to go out there and still, you know, show up and do your motos. I mean, that's that's unreal. But that's kind of the, the era you guys were from, you know? Just yeah. hard freaking racers man yeah yeah it's freaking I, yeah cool. but that, that's the thing and then jeremy comes along yeah and he just has a lot of skill and he's having fun and you know he goes out you know after riding he'll go out on his boat yeah you know and and i was like i wish i could do that kind of sort of i don't know you know yeah. it seems like a lot more fun than what i'm doing because i'm out on a mountain bike yeah sweating and pedaling up all these hills and but you know he like i said you know getting that program down like when, when a rider i feel like when a rider has that program when they know what they need to do to feel 100 you know like i'm ready to race you know whether it's for me right now i have like i have like a it's an old walk you know it's a regular walker but i i do dips in it so if i could do you know three sets of 25 dips three sets of 100 i I can't do push-ups from my my feet so i do them from my knees so if i could do three sets of 100 of those and three sets of dips and i could do like you know, I can't do. I used to be able to do twenty pull-ups all bunch, but oh, not, not anymore. Yeah, no yeah. So, so now I if I could do I like three sets pull-ups. of ten or so, you know, it's like for me, I'm ready to race. Like yeah. I, I feel like between that and the cycling that I do, um, that you know, I, I can, I, I know in my mind, I'm confident to, to, um, ride on the edge of my limits for the amount of time that I need to. That's awesome, dude. I mean. It, it just kind of, I don't know, I feel like I'm a little bit different than the guys around me. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit more of an old soul. I have kids, and I'm 29, a, a little bit older. But I feel like I can relate to your era a little bit more than, than my own era. Yeah, at, yeah. At times. <laughs> All right, Doug, this is the uh, sh- the Husqvarna Shifting Gears podcast, and um, I'm Zach Osborne, rider for Rockstar Energy Husqvarna Factory Racing Team. I love my race bike, but it's not the only model I love from Husqvarna Motorcycles. They offer a whole range of off-roads and street motorcycles. When you don't want to have to load up, just go for a ride. A dual sport motorcycle is the perfect way to get your fix. Explore the trail beyond with the FE250, which delivers a more intuitive riding experience. And right now, Husqvarna Motorcycles is offering 
as low as 0% on select dual sport models. Head to your local authorized Husqvarna motorcycles dealer to learn more. So, um, what's your best memory from racing? Oh, favorite one? So, you know, I tell you, I, I, I don't have, I don't know. You know, there's so many. But I, I, I guess, yeah, boy, I, I don't know. You know, winning a championship, you know, is... It's pretty awesome. Yeah, <laughs> all, all the time. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the every time the the the, the four AMA championships that I got that was you know that 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 was know, three outdoor titles and yeah and the one East Coast one East Coast Coast. Coast. yeah man that's yeah. that's pretty big all, yeah. all two fifty titles as well right outdoors? no there was nope um uh the one twenty five East Coast and then two one twenty five outdoor oh two and then outdoors. one okay two fifty outdoor on the four on the four hundred yep. yeah yeah gnarly. Skosh, accessories for life. Listen, guys, their slogan sums it up. They are accessories for your life. I use the Magic Mount vent clip every day, boom bottle all the time, go bat when we're traveling. Whatever it may be, the functionality and durability of these products is second to none. That's why myself and Rockstar and J. Husqvarna Factory Racing choose Skosh, accessories for life. Check them out at Skosh, S-C-O-S-C-H-E dot com. Derek White on Twitter asks... Please ask him what his best battle was in in his NESC days. Lots of talent with KJ, Treadwell, LaRusso, Dowd, Carter. Got a best story? Um, I I I I gonna have to go to Central Village. Um, the first time I beat John Dowd. Okay. You know because I think I, I was. Are you guys I, the same age? No, he's uh, like forty years older than me. Forty years older than me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It all makes sense. <laughs> I think he's just turned eighty. You know, I yeah, he's he's a little older, probably five about oh, okay. five years or so. I'm not. I'm not maybe so less he was than like that. the guy you were, you were benchmark. No, you no, you know he started late. We started around. I think we both got into an eighty an eighty five, and okay. we both sort of went through our. our Am, you know, beginner amateur expert, and he was winning the, or he was doing well in the 250 expert class, and I was running in the 125 expert class. But um, we would often ride both classes, so okay. I think it might have been my first year going up to the 250 class or something. And uh, we just we just had a great battle at Central Village, going back and forth, back and forth, and right at the finish line, I just I I. I won, and I was so excited. I just I did a no footer, which is not a big deal. I don't I don't do much for tricks, but I think like that one there. I was like, that was a that was a good win. You know, it was a hard fought win, and uh, you know, like from that day on, John and I, you know, I think I feel like without him, I don't know if I would have had the success that I've success that I've had because he pushed me to go faster in your early days. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there. Any weekend, you never knew when Keith Keith was going to be going fast, or Treadwell, or Barton, Larusso. I mean, there there were so many fast guys in in New England. You, you never knew what who was going to do be doing what each day. Yeah. But there was a guarantee that John was always going to be fast, and I was always going to be fast. And we would most most times we would end up racing together. No matter if he got a better start than me. I would somehow work my way through the pack and catch up to him. And if I got a better start than him, he'd be with me at the end. You know, it just seemed like there was always a battle. And I think that, you know, having that competition, uh, you know, definitely you. helps you. Yeah, yeah, definitely helps push you to go faster. You, uh, not you guys, but you, you guys, I guess. Uh, you NESC guys are like, uh, like a really tight knit group. I feel like uh, of racers. Is that just because it's more of a 
a small community than in other places or because there's so many states right here together? Or why do you think that is? I, I, I think that, um, you know, New England is a small area. Yeah. It's, it's not that big. And um, But racing's relatively popular, right? Yeah, yeah. Around here, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty good. It, it, the, the racing is... Back in our time, it was packed. Yeah. You know, when we were racing, there was qualifiers for our motos and stuff. So, uh, and and just everybody seemed to be friendly. You know, we were all kind of coming from the same boat, trying to race dirt bikes and Make pay for it. You, you know, pay, yeah. you know, because you know, dirt, dirt bike racing was expensive and. Um, uh, you know, collecting the money. You know, when you at the, collecting your trophy or the money, yeah. a lot of times you'd, everybody would be hanging out, talking, and right. you know, getting to know each other. And we'd end up riding and practicing together uh, at times. And we'd meet up in Florida, so you know, you get to see. You know, you get, when you're when you're so far from home, and then you see some of your buddies from home, right. it's like oh, we can you know, hang you get out close. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I don't know. I think I think every weekend too. I mean, you're with the guys every weekend. It right. wasn't like Maybe in California where you had a northern series, a southern series, a, you know, you could go race in Vegas or Arizona and uh, back here, um, you know, we had we had a strong series of right. NESC and there was two, two, you know, championship motos for an expert were 20 plus two, which was oh. pretty good moto, you know, another 10 minutes and that's a national. So yeah. it was so it good, was kind of feeder, if you will. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I prep. always that was kind of a. I don't know. Something I've always wondered because I raced some some kids from uh, NESC as a kid, you know, and um, I always felt like if there was one, there was you know there was like three or four of them. Every, yeah. you know, if one of them showed up at the race randomly, there was going to be a couple of them. But, yeah, yeah. And they were always fast, you know. I I, yeah. I don't know. I just it was a, a question I had for you that uh, I felt you, you could probably answer better than anyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, one one thing too is I did race to go back. I remember you asked me early on, and I did do. Loretta Lynn's one year. Okay. Uh, I got a I got a support ride from Yamaha to race Loretta Lynn's and do whatever you know. If there was a national coming up, to do any East Coast or NESC, like okay, that was pretty much it. And you know, but that was the one time I raced Loretta Lynn's. How'd that go? Um, not so good. No. You know, I didn't know really much about how things worked. You know, I I feel like Loretta Lynn's like your first year is almost a learning experience. Oh, you need for me. You know. Yeah. You know, for me it was especially, but uh, you know, it's a little bit of a learning experience about the motor and way the things everything works down there and you know how important the racing actually is right. uh, the one race you know it, it's or three motos but the one race uh, yeah. how important it is and and I think I've probably finished seventh and tenth or something like that 125 250 modified I only have one Loretta's title so oh it, nice it's, it's, I don't uh, have none of those <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was talking to someone earlier I definitely want to go back someday as a as a vet rider and, and yeah, try I again. Was, you know, a, a friend of mine, Todd Rashad, who I, as, as an amateur, we battled here. And okay. He, we, it's great because we've been, you know, kind of connecting a little bit. We, we haven't had a chance to really ride too much together, but we, we had a serious amateur championship battle. And he's going down there for to race the 50-plus class. Uh, okay. And I was actually considering it. I'll be 50 this year. So I was like, hmm. Maybe. You know, I've been, I've been pushing Yamaha for a, a new bike for a long time. Yeah. And just haven't been able to work out of them, but I'm thinking maybe if I were to try to go for the 50 plus vet thing, maybe they could hook me up with a bike for that. Get a new so bike. We'll see. Awesome. <laughs> well, uh, what's next? I mean, what, what's the plan over the next couple of years? Um, I'm going to be racing motocross here and there. Okay. Um, um, 
and select. I, I, I just kind of do ride days and racing and schools and anything whatever on a bike, like. whatever I could. And I'll have select events that I'll be f- for sure going to. And um, there's also the downhill stuff. Uh, I'll be out in California, Big Bear, September 15th, I think. There's a downhill race out there, the uh, the Fox US Open. I'll be going out there for that. A lot of people on, we call them bucket bikes, which yeah. is, uh, you know, it's basically a two-wheel, two-wheel downhill bike that has like a little a seat that you strap yourself into. So okay. there's people coming from all over the world. It's and been great. And you said that's in Mammoth? Uh, no, it's in Big Bear. Big Bear, oh, okay, Big Bear, sorry. yeah. So, yeah. So, so SoCal, so nice. hoping to get all my SoCal buddies out there. That's sweet. Come check it out, do some riding. That'll and, be fun. Uh, yeah, do that. And uh, the winter is always fun. I do the X Games yeah, on no, a snow bike. Did you adapt to snow bike? Super successful with that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's so much fun. I recommend that to anybody going out west on vacation, go rent a snow bike. I haven't tried the snow bike thing it's yet, so much but fun. I, I would like to just give yeah. it a whirl, see you how think, it goes. You think, have, like today, you know how Southwick was like pretty open and yeah. fast and flat it's it's like that but you can lay it over even farther really? than you can in the sand just yeah. in powder yeah like. deep powder it's there's so much fun to ride that's awesome yeah, yeah. dude it, it's honestly it's super inspiring for me to sit down with somebody who's been through as much as as you have um but still has an amazing life from the hard work that you put in for for the years in motocross and just see your like fire and passion for for still keeping keeping it you know ripping on the on the motorcycle and just life in general it, it's amazing to see someone with such a positive outlook and and um enjoying life so much well it, thank you i i really enjoy it and and it's it's nice to see someone like you come through that you know maybe i had a little little bit of uh inspiration a For little sure. bit of direction and, and to see you doing so well and you know i, I I, I, I knew that jumping on that 450, it's it's a different beast. And I, I said to myself, man, once he gets that thing figured out, he's going to be a threat to win. And here you are, a threat to win. Oh, we're working you on know, the, I know. the winning part. But yeah, we're but I know, but it's a threat. You got the threat there, yes, man. Sir, You're strong, sure. man. Thank it's, you so much. I awesome. appreciate your encouragement. And yeah. um, and I appreciate your time for doing this. It's It's been super fun for me. Yeah, no problem. All the best. Good luck um, tomorrow. At, wait, 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 wait. Right. And everyone uh, with right. uh, 10 personality questions, they're just fun, whatever. Okay. Um, the most important object that you have that you own that you've purchased. Wow. Oh, my goodness. This, this is a tough one for to everybody. These, man. <laughs> the most, the most, oh, uh, mm, <laughs> my snow bike. Kit. Okay, there you go. <laughs> um, guilty pleasure food. Pizza. Pizza? Yeah. I'm down Pepe's with some pizza. pizza. Peppy's pizza. Okay. <laughs> pizza. Um morning person or night? Morning. Biggest pet peeve. Um people who feel the glass is half half empty. Okay. <laughs> Weirdest quirk. Um I, not quirky? I, I don't know. I don't uh, know. Any other talent or skill that you could have other than motocross, what what would it be? Uh, guitar. Guitar? I love to play the guitar. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, travel back in time to any event. Uh, I'd like to watch uh, Unadilla, the Donations. I think it was 87. Okay. I think it was Hannah, Johnson, and Ward. Dude, I'm not, that'd I'm not be sure. Sick. That would be a cool one to go awesome. check out. Uh, thing you're the worst at 
Uh, sweeping. Sweeping? <laughs> Thing you're the best at other than murder. Um... <laughs> the first one was sweeping And the next one is sleeping Okay <laughs> I'm really good at sleeping Okay I wish I had that trait. <laughs> uh, What's your favorite music? Uh, uh, 80s metal 80s metal Okay <laughs> Yeah um, And a quote to live by um, It could always be worse It could always be worse <laughs> uh, Doug you get to go home with a, a bag of Scotch stuff They make a lot of cool gizmos and gadgets For phones and uh, electronics Awesome um, You'll get to go home with that And um Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Zach. All the best. I appreciate it. Yep. Thanks.